Canada has just witnessed its most shameful actions by our government and our police forces in the history of Canada. It is this morning, just earlier than 10 a.m., I was contacted by Sandy, one of the truckers here in Ottawa, with the Freedom Convoy 2022. Sandy informed me that the trucks were going to be leaving Ottawa. He asked me if I could communicate that directly to the police command center and let them know that there was no need for further escalating of violence and aggressive behavior by the Ottawa police and the forces under their command. I did so. At 10 a.m. I spoke with provincial liaison uh, team constable uh, Pierce and communicated that. I have confirmation that she did raise that up the chain of command and the command center was fully aware of the position of the truckers and their desire to leave Ottawa. Subsequent to that, we have seen continued violent behavior by the Ottawa police and their forces under their command. Tear gas, uh, uh, the mounted units remain out after trampling and severely injuring and possibly um, um, fatal injuries from the actions of the police yesterday. Uh, this has been a horrendous and horrible scar on the history of Canada this weekend. But they were offered a way to de-escalate and they refused. Indeed, part of that was there was to be a press conference at 1 p.m. inside the perimeter zone at the Lord Elgin Hotel. I was prevented by the Ottawa police from entering the downtown area to help de-escalate and de-escalate the, the violence on their behalf and also the lies on behalf of the Ottawa police and their superior officers and the mayor of Ottawa, the prime minister of our country and the premier of our province. So let it be very clearly understood. At 10 a.m. this morning, the means and the mechanism were relayed to de-escalate the situation in Ottawa. The Ottawa police rejected that offer. And according to Sandy with the truckers convoy, I will paraphrase his thoughts. He told me that the truckers came here to Ottawa in peace. For three weeks it has been peaceful, festive, with never any indication of violence or aggressive behavior. Indeed, we had bouncy castles, road hockey games, uh, pancake breakfasts, pig roasts. Um, this was a very festive occasion, but a very assertive expression that 
the public policies on COVID mandates are wrong and many Canadians find them offensive. Um, and now our government is using violence and force to resolve a public policy difference instead of debate. And let us not forget that the Prime Minister invoked the Emergency Act and then suspended the debate. He prevented elected representatives of our House of Commons from engaging in debate on whether or not this was a justified use of those statutory authorities. He has shown willful disregard for our democracy. He has shown willful disregard for the citizens of Canada. And I'm here in Ottawa at a friendly restaurant, one of many friendly restaurants, that objects to these COVID measures, but does it quietly. But there are many like Greg, the owner here, who allow people to come into the restaurant and act like normal, civilized human beings without a mask, without a vax pass, without any Well, just to act like normal human beings. And that's what the truckers' convoy and the freedom movement is all about. This could have been ended without any violence in a very civil manner just by returning Canada to normal. But I think the actions of the Ottawa police, the mayor, prime minister, and the premier on February 18th and 19th of 2022 will will live in infamy. This is the first time we have used lethal force and force and aggression against Canadian citizens who oppose public policies. Canada was born in large part out of the rebellions of 1837 to 39 when the good citizens of Upper and Lower Canada rebelled against a corrupt government that was using force and violence against its citizens. That rebellion was broken, but there was a powerful, long-lasting legacy that grew out of that uprising and out of that abusive use of force by the British government at that time. What came out of it was the birth of a nation, a nation called Canada, a country that understood that freedom was a foundational value, that differences of opinion and public policy need to be discussed and debated and resolved amicably responsibly and respectfully. That was nearly 180 years ago. The birth of Canada arose out of that dispute. I fear the actions of Justin Trudeau, of our premiers, of Mayor Jim Watson and the Ottawa police will have profound legacy 
effects as well. It is clear there are two great solitudes in Canada. Those who seek to live in peace, goodwill, and freedom, and respect dissenting views and discourse. And then there are those who are fearful of people who exercise their own judgment, fearful of people who are free to make choices and decisions for themselves and their families. We have seen such hatred, division, and animus propagated by our elected leaders during the course of this peaceful protest in Ottawa. They have elevated the hatred by one side against another. I am uncertain whether these differences can ever be healed. It appears to me that these two great solitudes in Canada, those who seek freedom, peace, and goodwill, and those who wish to abuse those who have different opinions, will not be reconcilable. As Canada was born out of resolving disputes, it is apparent to me that it was will dissolve out of disputes. There is no question in my mind the impacts of the actions and the violence of the police this week in Ottawa will be long-lasting and will be uncertain for some period of time. I ask everybody to continue to stand tall. Do not allow the history of Canada to be defeated by Justin Trudeau. Do not allow Justin Trudeau's promotion of hatred, division, and abuse. Do not let him win this battle. Let thoughtful, good-natured, good-willed, free Canadians regain our country from the tyrant who now has suspended parliamentary debate and has frozen people's bank accounts, has put people into a position of destitute and impoverishment because they have a different opinion. And, and never again should we ever allow our government to prevent peaceful, law-abiding Canadians from gathering together to speak with one another, to discuss and express dissatisfaction with public policy, or to prevent elected members from representing their constituents and debating the merits of public policy. It's a dark day, but it will be a brighter day tomorrow Canadians do not allow Justin Trudeau. He has been promoting and
propagating a view that we should be ashamed of our flag, that we should be ashamed of our country. I am only ashamed of him, not King Canadians or our flag. Thank you. A message for law enforcement. The choice is yours. Whether you fall asleep, worried that your neighbors will find out that you work for law enforcement, or will you sleep at night with your neighbors proud because you work for law enforcement? The choice is yours. If you commit a crime wearing a mask, thinking that people won't see you because you are in uniform, realize this. The vandalism of three excavators in Alberta, the kidnapping arrest of a man in Ottawa who is in mid-conversation with a police officer, the horse trampling of an elderly woman with a walker. Anonymous crimes in uniform stain all uniforms. If you make the choice to be a criminal, sometimes it inspires others to bring justice, a kind of justice that is not held back by corporate laws. Do bank managers know who works in law enforcement? Do insurance agents know your address? Former spouses? Hiding one's face does little when all uniforms are painted with lawlessness. Sometimes it is a person in uniform who wakes up and decides not to wear that stain that another put upon him. You never know when someone in uniform will decide to protect the women and men who grow food, bring that food to the table, and fight for everyone's liberty. You never know when a person in uniform will draw the sword of justice and stop a masked criminal hiding in uniform. I speak of this not as a warning but because it has happened before in history, human history. You never know when someone will wake up and remember that they have a soul. And justice has a way of shining light in the darkest of places. But the choice is always yours. <laughs> everybody, it's Chris here from the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mirror, Alberta. Um, I'm sure a lot of you, 
as well as us have been watching what's happening in Ottawa over the last few days and probably most of you are absolutely horrified as what's, as what, about what's going on. Uh, I really never thought that I would see this in Canada. Uh, right now, the Trudeau government is using the RCMP, the Ottawa Provincial Police, the Ottawa Police Services, Toronto Police, German Police, they've flown in RCMP from all over the country. They've flown in the bullies to deal with peaceful protesters. So that uh, little bit of sound you heard when we started this live was a video of the RCMP tactical response teams beating protesters in the streets. There was videos of them surrendering with their hands in the air and being smashed in the face with police batons and pepper sprayed. And then when they're on the ground, they're getting hit with the butts of their rifles. And it's very discouraging. But there is some encouragement to this, and that is that the world is watching. So I've been waiting for more information and that aha moment as to why I'm here in Alberta and not in Ottawa getting smashed in the face with batons, which I would have been willing to do. And I was really struggling with the fact that, you know, I, I, was, I felt like if only we had waited a couple more days, we could have stood with those people. If only we did this, if only we did that. And during that time, some things that I had been saying to other people were running through my mind, and that is, Sometimes when we win, it doesn't look like we expected it to, and therefore we don't think we won. But it wasn't really hitting home for me until yesterday. So yesterday, a good friend of mine from Lacrete, and I call him a good friend because you know, I, I, I've only, I only met him a while ago, but uh, the conversations are always like we've known each other for years. Um, his name's Peter. He called me out of the blue yesterday to discuss some things about the government and what's going on. And I mentioned to him how I was feeling and he shared a story with me that I've heard before, but I really needed to hear it again yesterday because it, it, it moved me to the point of going from discouragement to encouragement and hope again. And I'll, I'll share that story with you right now. Now, you might not be religious, um, I am. I'm, I'm a Christian and I, I believe in, in that. Um, but regardless of whether you believe in God or, or whatever, or a universal balance, the principle remains the same. So I'll share the story. In biblical times, uh, when Jesus was traveling around and sharing his message and his apostles were following him, the apostles had this idea that when when Jesus won, he would become the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and he would wear a crown and rule over the earth, and the Roman Empire would fall, and everything would change. So everybody knows what happens in the end. Um, Jesus was hung on a cross. He was he was killed, 
and some of the apostles right up until the end they were you know Paul Paul raised his sword and struck off the ear of a Roman soldier because the Romans were persecuting the king who would reign over them all and Jesus said lay down your sword um, and trust that things that there's that God has a plan and there's a there's a reason for all this so he did he trusted in that and he watched his king hang on a cross and die but in that death there was a win and if you're you know religious at all or you're a Christian or even you know maybe a, a Christian Catholic you'll understand that while man thought that the win meant the Roman Empire fell and Jesus sat on the throne the real win happened when uh, Jesus died and and he he conquered sin once and for all with his own blood the um, the curtain tore the Holy Spirit was released over the earth and 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 the wind was so much more significant than any person realized before and the main message in that is that everything happens for a reason and we may not understand why but it still remains the same that it happens for a reason so as we've watched over the last few days what's happened in Ottawa we have literally witnessed democracy die democracy has been completely bypassed and those who believe in freedom are being persecuted. There's truckers who went to Ottawa or just regular folks who went to Ottawa who were protesting, standing up for their rights and freedoms, were literally beaten in the street and hit with tear gas. And if you don't have faith that everything happens for a reason, you would consider that to be a loss. And I realized that that's actually a win. Because while democracy died that day, um, it's motivated people to pay attention and, and, and stand up and, and fight for their freedoms. A year ago, there were folks who wanted me in jail. They cheered for me when I, or cheered when I went to jail because they didn't think that what I was doing is right. And over the course of time, things have changed and now some of those people were actually standing with me and beside me in Ottawa fighting for their rights and freedoms as well and that's very very significant so democracy died but it will come back and we're gonna make that happen so for any of you out there who are sitting at home and you're just you're heartbroken over what's happened Please remember that this happened for a reason. Maybe that ha had to happen to show people that something is seriously wrong with our country and we need to stand up and fight back. And I don't mean fight back with weapons or sticks like the police do. I mean fight back with uh, Maxime Bernier's favorite weapons, which are his words. Maxime Bernier was arrested last summer and when the police said, do you have any weapons on you? He said, only my words. And that's what we have in Canada. We have our words. We don't have a militia. We don't carry weapons in the street and fight the police or the military. We use our words. 
That's why the right to protest and peacefully assemble for political purposes is enshrined in our Charter Rights and Freedoms. So, that was my aha moment. I realized that now we have something else to stand up for, and that is our right to protest. So my idea is that we have Freedom Convoy 2022 2.0. And I don't mean a bunch of trucks rolling through Canada and honking their horns. What I mean is every man and woman in Canada who is upset with what's going on right now, who believes that what the government is doing is wrong, um, that we descend on Ottawa and we use our weapons, which are our voices, in protest of the Trudeau government and his complete disregard for our rights and freedoms, his abuse of his power, and we go to Ottawa and we protest the Emergency Measures Act. Now with that comes another part of that, and that is, um, I don't know if anyone knows this, but the truckers, they have agreed to leave Ottawa and stand down because they don't want violence. They never did. They refuse to participate in violence. And the police and the military do not share that ideology. They are bringing violence to the table. We are asking for a dialogue and they brought violence. And so the truckers said, well, it's time for us to bow out and, and move out of here because we don't want to be part of violence. Personally, I think that it's time that all of those who were encouraged by the truckers get in their cars and head to Ottawa and protest the Trudeau government's abuse of power and hold them accountable. And in doing so, I think everyone would have to agree that nobody is going to go to Ottawa for any violence or to do anything unlawful, just to exercise our right to peacefully assemble and protest. I don't know what everyone else thinks about that. But I think what I'm going to do is probably leave on Thursday or Friday. And anybody that wants to join, you're welcome to. Now, I'm not going to start a GoFundMe or a Give, Send, Go and raise a bunch of money to do this. I'm just going to go and I'm going to trust that everything happens for a reason. And I'm going to have faith that as we do the right thing, that people will step up and, and help make it happen. Um... I do have some people that support me that could very likely help pay for, you know, a few hundred people's fuel to get out there. So there is that. Um, but just chew on that for a moment. Keep it in the back of your mind and ask yourself if you think that's a good idea. If you do, send us a message, put it in the comments, uh, whether you support this idea or not. And as Canadians, maybe we just need to go out there and use our voices and show that we do not accept that our government can do these things to Canadian citizens. The government has literally used violence against Canadian citizens who disagree with them. That should shake you to the core. It's not supposed to happen in Canada. We're supposed to be able to protest. We're supposed to be able to have our voices heard. And to watch it happen in front of Parliament, which quite literally is the place to speak in Canada, is is beyond, it's beyond reproach. It's 
it's it's unfathomable unfathomable unfathom unfathomed far from fathomed not fathomed and I know there's a lot of people watching watching from the United States and they're completely disgusted with what's going on in Canada too and I would ask that uh, if you're down there or in any other country and you you are disgusted by what's happening in Canada speak out contact your senators and your elected representatives and let them know that as an American um, it's it's disgusting to you to watch what's happening in Canada and ask them to write letters and say hey Prime Minister Trudeau what you're doing is absolutely wrong and as Americans we stand with our Canadian brothers and sisters and we support their uh, their rights as well that's a very important thing the, the United States has always been our kind of big brother and they've all they've stepped up to the plate to help Canada as we have them in the past and now it's time for the for the unity that's spread across Canada to spread across the globe so that we can end this ridiculousness once and for all I have to turn here so I'll be spending the next few days in Alberta preparing for a trip back out east and no I'm not gonna fly because uh, if I'm asking people to drive out there in protest I will be doing the work as I did before and I'll be driving right along with them um, but while I'm here I have a few speaking engagements where I'm gonna try and encourage and motivate more people to speak out uh, including those in the Alberta government who by the way I don't know if anyone knows this, but Jason Kenney could have absolutely protected Albertans from what the Trudeau government is doing. There are provisions within the Constitution to allow a province to um, speak out and stand up against federal rules and regulations, which he has not done. He's wrote, written a letter to Trudeau, and I'll commend him on that. The letter said that he disagrees strongly with his implementation of the Emergencies Act and wants it removed, um, but he can do more. So continue to contact your MLAs and your your CA board members, your constituency association board members, and put pressure on your MLAs to speak your voice within the legislature. Because that's what we have in Canada, our voices. And thank goodness that sound is the most powerful force in the universe. The universe was spoken into existence by sound. And as we've seen in, in, in history, the world can be changed with just one person's voice. And that person could be you. Am I turning right here? I had a whole bunch of other things that I wanted to talk about um, on this live. And like usual, I can't remember any of it because I was so taken aback by those new videos I saw coming out of Ottawa with people getting beat up by the police. A business owner being threatened by the police that they were going to smash his front door in to gain access to his private business just because they said so. I said that a year ago and and people, some people saw and some people said I was crazy. I said that our government, they have every tool at their disposal to do anything they want to us, whether it's chain our business down, like, I, they, like what happened to me, throw us in jail for speaking out against them. Um, they can take our children, they can take our pets, they can take our driver's licenses, 
they can take our cars and our property away. There is nothing that we have as Canadians that is free from government uh, overreach. There are There is legislation and laws in place that allow the government to completely annihilate you, your life and your family if you speak out against them or try and stand up for your rights. And that is not freedom. That is not how Canada is supposed to be. A lot of those people that said I was crazy a year ago when I started speaking out against this have, are now the people who are standing with us in Ottawa. And if you haven't, if you haven't seen the problem yet in our country, I would encourage you to please open your eyes and open your ears and pay attention to what's going on because this, my business was chained shut um, last year because of government overreach, and now. Now my phone's falling. And now people are actually getting beaten in the streets. You hear that? Canadian citizens are being pepper sprayed and beaten in the streets of Ottawa for protesting peacefully. It is absolutely time to get involved in this and use your voices. So over the next couple days, I'll be trying to put a better plan together on how we get people out to Ottawa and we do it peacefully and within law. Um, we use our voices as is our right in Canada and we hold our government to account for what they're doing. So stay tuned and don't lose hope. Uh, democracy may have died over the last couple days, but it will rise again and we will win, we will win and those who are responsible for this travesty in Canada will be held accountable. Those police and military in Ottawa with their name tags covered up and their masks on and trying to remain anonymous to be protected from, Can from Canadian citizens for what they've done, they will eventually be held to account and yeah I just can't believe they're doing it in the first place but remember those those people that are beating citizens in the streets of Ottawa they did not swear an oath to us so all those people saying remember your oath means nothing to them they swore an oath to the crown and to protect the crown's interest and right now the crown is interested in squashing a rebellion by people who want to be free. Which is another reason why I'm uh, I'm so motivated for an independent Alberta. Speaking of which, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but the RCMP have been basically campaigning in northern Alberta to try and gain support, to try and gain people's trust gain back their trust and it's not working because they're doing that there and then their members are beating people in the streets in Ottawa so here's something that you can chew on as well did you know that in Canada or in, in El, let's say Alberta we do not have to have RCMP here we do not have to have Trudeau's RCMP policing us in our province the RCMP cost way more money than like say the Edmonton City Police or the Calgary City Police. 
And I'm not saying either of those organizations are perfect, but at least they're more accountable to the province and the community. So if you are upset with what the RCMP are doing in Ottawa or in your town, why don't you use your voices within your municipality and bring it up to council that, hey, we need our own police service because the RCMP are not there to protect us. They're there to protect government. And that is painfully and blatantly obvious right now. And don't take this as me saying that I don't think that there are good men and women in the RCMP. There are, absolutely. And, and probably the majority are. But they're unfortunately stuck in that I'm just doing my job mentality. And uh, it's not working out for Canada very well, is it? Anyway, I hope... I hope I've, uh, I've get, gotten that message out effectively. I know I kind of tend to be all over the place when I'm doing these lives, but there's so much to talk about and so much going on right now that it's almost impossible to speak off the cuff and do it in a logical and well laid out manner. So if I didn't, or if you have questions about what I've said or concerns, please put it in the comments. Um, you can also send an email. If you're a member of um, fullsteamahead.org, that's at www.wsfullsteamahead.org, you can send an email to info at, at wsfullsteamahead.org. And um, Carrie, in between his job and trying to sleep, generally checks those emails often, and he forwards me the ones that uh, need an answer right away. So you're feel, feel free to communicate with me like that as well. Um, also, for those of you that have taken the time out of your day to phone me and text me, thank you very much. And I'm sorry if I can't answer every phone call or text message. Uh, there are a lot of them, but I, I, I'll try as best I can. So from middle of nowhere, Alberta, thank you for watching and stay tuned for more information on Freedom Convoy, what I call Freedom Convoy 2022 2.0. And have a great day. Oh, P.S. Trudeau's a dink. I don't know that I've seen that greeting for any politician lately, have you? <laughs> Am I the only person in this room that thinks that we're living in the twilight zone right now? How many people here have been watching what's going on in Ottawa? How many people are disgusted? Me too. And I'll tell you something about Ottawa. The media says that uh, the people of Ottawa are terrified and they want everybody out of there and, and this has to end. And that's not what I saw. I saw people from Ottawa walking the streets, their children handing out handwritten cards to truckers saying thank you, you're my hero. Thank you for standing up for our freedoms. <laughs> to truckers. When I was little, my mother told me if I ever get lost or I'm scared and don't know what to do, that I was to find somebody in a uniform or somebody in leather on a motorcycle. That's what my mom told me. And right now, where we're at in Canada, I don't know how many parents are gonna tell their children to go find someone in a uniform right now. They're more likely to say, find a trucker. 
And not that truckers aren't great people, but that is very disturbing. It, it is. This is very serious. Our confidence in authority has been decimated over the last two years. And now our confidence in those that we think are there to protect us is being destroyed. In the last few days, I said this in a live earlier, I'll say it again, and this will be, become part of my sermon. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching a sermon today, so this will become a church service very shortly, which is protected under the charter. I said over the last few days, democracy died. But it hasn't been just the last few days. This has been 30 years in the making. It's been, it's been slowly getting to the point where we have a prime minister using force against peaceful protesters. And I was there. That was peaceful. 100%. My, I, I've been ordered by a judge to keep the peace. And I kept the peace as did everybody else out there. So before I continue on that, I'm gonna get into my sermon. Yesterday I was feeling very, very discouraged. I felt like I had abandoned the fellow Canadians that I was standing with in Ottawa because we, we had to leave. We had engagements here. Uh, Carrie and Jess had to get back to work and uh, there was some, some family health issues going on. Um, since then, we, we lost a family member, but uh, we had to come back. And I had a phone call with uh, my good friend, friend Bob Leon, and I was talking to him about this before we left Ottawa, how I was unsure, like, should we stay, should we come back, what do we got to do? And he said, you know what, Chris, the folks in Coots, they need you. They need some support down there. So maybe you should just come back to Alberta and, and be with Albertans and support them. And I thought, okay, well, that's my sign. So we hit the road. Shortly after, democracy died and we witnessed it on social media. So yesterday, I'm very discouraged. I, I didn't know what to do. What was our next step? Where do we go forward from here? We, did we lose? And something that I've said to people was running through my mind, and that is, oftentimes, we have this idea of what winning looks like. We construct this image in our mind, what it looks like when we come out on the other side successful. And when it doesn't happen that way, we have to realize that whether you believe in, in God, whether you're religious, or you believe in a, a balance of the universe, there's a plan. No matter what we do in this room, God has a plan for us. So I got a phone call out of the blue from my friend Peter from La Crete, Alberta. And I told him how I was feeling and he said, Chris, I'm gonna share a story with you. And here starts my sermon. When Jesus was traveling around, spreading the word and spreading love, and his apostles were following him, standing with him, his apostles had this idea of what it looked like to have the King of Kings win. They had this idea that that meant that he's sitting on a throne with a crown of gold and the Roman Empire falls and, and, and the king is ruling. The true king is ruling. And it didn't work out like that, did it? One of the apostles went so far as to cut off the ear of one of the Roman soldiers who was marching Jesus to the cross. Malchus. Yeah. And Jesus said, don't do that, there's a plan. 
This has to happen. And the apostles didn't understand because they had this idea of what winning looked like. In the end, Jesus died on the cross. He was put in a tomb. And there were some who thought the idea of the king of kings was dead. But it wasn't, was it? That was part of the plan. Because as human beings, what we think is so far removed from a, a divine plan, or if you're not religious, from the balance of the universe, that it's impossible to see. So the win in this case was every person who ever exists on the planet, their sins wiped away through the blood of Christ. A win that couldn't even be comprehended back then. But that's what winning looked like. Winning was somebody dying on a cross and raising again. And looking back over that, as a Christian in particular, you know, it's very, it's very obvious what winning really was. Now in this case, I mentioned democracy died over the last few days. But does that mean that we have no chance of democracy? Does that mean we lost? No. It doesn't. Because winning for us in this case, it may not be that we go to Ottawa and we force the government to drop the mandates and we all go home happy and, and free. Winning in this case is people getting tear gassed and beaten in the streets by those who we thought were there to protect us. And the win there is that now people see, they see these problems that we have in Canada that people like me have been talking about for about a year. I mean, I've known we have these problems for years, but never spoke up. There's others who have known this for 40 years and others around them tell them they're crazy because we live in a free country and we have the RCMP to protect us. And we have all these people who swear an oath to us. They do not swear an oath to us. They swear an oath to the crown and the crown's interests on behalf of the government. People have this idea that these three branches of government, the legislative, the judicial, and the, uh, uh, and, and the crown, are in this balance to protect us in the middle. And over the last 40 years, that's changed. Now what that does is we're stuck in the middle because they conspire against us. They create laws that keep us in submission. And then when men like me stand up and we speak out and we say, I don't give a shit what you say about me protesting, I'm gonna protest because that's my charter right. There you go, I got my swear word in there. When men like me do that, they put us in jail. They send men with guns and they put me in the back of a car and they put me in jail. And they say, well, if you want to prove that you have the right to do this, you have to go to court at your own cost, fight the government who has an infinite treasury of your money that they can fight you with. That is not freedom. What we're living right now is not freedom. It's an illusion. It's an illusion that starts in elementary school when our teachers tell us, oh, Christopher, you live in the best country on earth. It's the freest country. You can be anything. You can do anything. You can prosper. You can succeed or fail on your own accord. That's a lie. We can only be free at this point when the government says we're free. We have a prime minister who at the stroke of a pen can, can give his RCMP, Trudeau's RCMP, all the power they want to do anything. They can smash your window and drag you out of your vehicle. 
They can trample you with a horse in the middle of the street. They can do anything they want to you because our Prime Minister says they can. And this isn't anything to do with democracy. This isn't Canadians saying, okay, we have a, a problem, and yeah, we agree with you, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, that, that we need to give the RCP these powers to protect us. It doesn't work like that. 90% of the people in Canada could be against it, and the Prime Minister can make it happen. And he has. And it wasn't just him. They own the media. The legacy media. Every single media outlet that feeds at the trough of the Canadian media fund. I'm sitting in Ottawa and I'm watching truckers feeding homeless people. I'm watching them shovel snow off sidewalks and streets, clearing streets by hand. Wellington was cleared with hand shovels by truckers. That's the kind of things we saw. We saw hugs. We saw uh, Pastor, who knows Pastor Henry Hildebrand? That dude is amazing. And so is his son. They're, they're awesome men. I watched him give a sermon on the stage. Right after, I watched a Muslim person go up and, get, and read from the Quran. The next day, the Hare Krishna folks got up there and did their never-ending chant, and we had to fade them out with music. It was absolute, complete unity of the Canadian people. Every race, every gender, both genders, every gender, I don't, who cares? Who cares? It doesn't matter. Everybody was there, united for one reason, and the mandate, take our freedoms back. And what did the media say? Every crime committed in Ottawa, everything bad, was attributed to those protesters, those men and women who were standing up for their rights. And in some cases, not even for them, for other people. A lot of the people in that protest, they had their QR codes. They could do what they want in the society. And they went out there and supported this for their friends and neighbors. That's what we saw. And the media was completely silent. As a matter of fact, they told you that, oh, this is horrible. They gotta get out of here. They're throwing poop on the walls. That's how far they stooped, the media. They stooped all the way to poop, again. They told you that it was a racist event and there was white supremacist symbols and uh, there was all sorts of hate and people were being threatened and businesses were scared to open. Do you know why businesses were scared to open in Ottawa? Because the mayor and the chief of police told those businesses they had to close because the truckers were coming and the truckers are scary. And the only... The only people that had anything to fear from those truckers was the government. Because people were standing up for themselves. They don't like that. But the media, they missed the mark. They failed to report on the most monumental thing that's happened in Canada, at least in my lifetime. Where's an old person here? Who's old as dirt? So for those of you that are old as dirt, have you ever seen anything as momentous as what happened in the last month in Canada? No, never. And the media missed it. They spat on it. And how important was this? That the entire country, the majority of the country, the small fringe majority, united. They overcame their differences.
People who otherwise would disagree with me on everything from energy policy to religion were standing beside me. They were standing with me and I with them. That is important and it is terrifying to the government because in Canada, we don't have the protections that some other countries do. I've already mentioned how we live under the illusion of freedom. But when it comes down to it, and we need to stand up for those freedoms, we don't have a militia by the people to protect against tyrannical government. We don't have the right to bear arms. Because as Canadians, that's not what we are. We are not violent. We don't use weapons to change minds. We use words. Do you remember what Maxime Bernier said when he was arrested? Mr. Bernier, do you have any weapons on you? Only my words. <laughs> That's what we have in Canada. And now it's gotten to a point where we, we unite as a country. We travel thousands of kilometers and meet in Ottawa at our parliament where we go to speak, to be heard. And our prime minister stomps on it. He uses his RCMP and his military to beat those people in the streets. So in Canada, our weapons are our bruises. They're our teary eyes from tear gas. That's our weapons, and that's all we have. And that's why I'm going back to Ottawa, because there's people still there standing up for their rights and speaking up for themselves and others, and they're getting beat down. And I say, as Canadians, unfortunately, that's what we have to do. We have to continue to go and speak our voice and get beat up and get back up again and go to the front of the line and speak up again. Get thrown in jail for nothing, get out of jail, go back and speak out again. Because without that, without our voices, what do we have? We have nothing else. We can't look to the police to save us. We can't look to the RCMP and say, um, my charter rights are being violated, can you help me? They can't, and they won't. And all the things I've said today, all this rant that I go on every time I get a microphone, <laughs> that screams, we need change in this country and in this province. And I'm not gonna get into the, my, my political views too much right now. Um, this is one thing Glenn and I disagree on, is the path forward. Our path forward, regardless of what it is, needs to be unified. Parties mean nothing. Not yet. Glenn agrees with me on that. Parties mean nothing. Politics means nothing. We need every person in Alberta to stand up and speak out and at least agree that our path forward has to include, it has to include the ability to express ourselves and disagree in the future because we don't have that right now if we disagree with the government right now they call us a small fringe minority they send in people and they beat us in the streets and that's not acceptable in my eyes no. let's get rid of Kenny <laughs> I agree and you know what one of the hardest things I had to do over the last couple weeks is I had to give Kenny some props because as everyone in this room probably knows Jason Kenny and I don't speak eye to eye Probably because he's five feet tall. <laughs> but the way I look at it, Jason Kenney is a politician, and he's a very good one. He's very shrewd, he's very smart, he's never lost. And the reason for that is because he knows that whatever he does 
has to go with the winds of public opinion, right? He is a poll hound. And if, if we're dealing with politicians who are poll hounds, and we know that, we can direct them to do what we want if we're unified. We unified and said, we want these mandates gone. We don't want our kids in masks. We don't want to force people to take a vax. And all of a sudden, now Jason Kenney is speaking out against the ATA who are trying to mask our children. He's suing the federal government over the Emergency Measures Act because the winds of public opinion support it. So I had to say, Jason Kenney, you threw me in jail, you've decimated the province, but good job sticking up for the children because that's what they hear. If they hear us cheering them on and saying, yeah, you're doing a good job when they're doing what we want them to do, they'll continue to do that because they only want to get reelected. Personally, I don't give a crap if I ever get elected to office and if I do, I don't really care if I stay there. The only thing that our elected representatives should be doing is speaking our voice in wherever, wherever they're at, whether it's the House of Commons or in the legislature. Speaking our voice, doing what they know is right, period. Not chasing polls, not pandering to groups that give them a bunch of money, doing what's right and representing the people. Does that sound like a, a good plan going forward? With that said, unfortunately in Canada, Unless something changes federally, and I, I don't know how that can happen. I mean, we, we have a conservative party that basically stood idly by and watched Canada be, Canada be decimated, watched our federal workers lose their jobs, and they only spoke up at the last minute when those winds of public opinion changed and they thought that's what was going to get them re-elected. Re so in my eyes, I'll do a little bit of political stuff here. And independent Alberta is the only answer. Yeah. That's right. The only one. And that does not mean that I hate Canada. I love Canada. I love Canada to the point where I will go and I will get tear gassed for my, other, my fellow Canadians. I don't have a problem with that. However, I also love my mother. But I didn't live in my mom's house forever because I wanted to live under my own rules and prosper on my own. And that's how I feel right now as an Albertan. Especially watching what's going on in, in, in Canada right now, and specifically Ottawa. Watching people's rights and freedoms be trampled on because our laws allow it. They are allowed to do this to us. And even if it comes out five years from now that they weren't allowed, they just wipe their hands of it. Oh, okay, whatever. No, no, no. That doesn't work for me. We need to live in a place where the rule of law exists, and it's to the benefit of the people, not to the benefit of the government. And at the very core, the heart of our problems in the province and in the country is that the laws are designed to protect the government and keep them in power. And that has to change. Yes, yes it does. If we can't change that, we will we'll live like this forever. And I'm just going to point out one more thing. I think I'd take it too much time. Our brothers and sisters down south in the United States, they're watching. And they see what's going on. And they're, they feel for us. A congresswoman in New Mexico actually put a bill forth saying New Mexico would open 
their borders to Canadian truckers who are protesting and give them asylum. When this, if nothing else, should make Justin Trudeau the most embarrassed person on the planet. In Canada, the freest country on earth, where teachers tell children that you can do anything you want and you're protected by the charter and you have the Bill of Rights. Canada, the United States, is offering Canadians asylum. Now what message does that send to our federal politicians and the people in our province who, by the way, have the power to end this for Albertans? Our provincial government tomorrow could say, no, no, we're not, we're not having any of this Emergency Measures Act. We're going to use the notwithstanding clause and we're standing on our own because what you're doing is wrong. Our MLAs have failed us. Every single one of them. The, these MLAs, I'll tell you this, and I said it before, seven of them had a meeting with some of the doctors and scientists you saw in Ottawa and they told them what the government is doing is not only ineffective, and illogical, but it is harming and killing people. There's a 10 year old boy in Calgary right now, and you can guess which medical procedure he had, all of a sudden his body's exploding with cancer. And it's not an isolated case. These MLAs had meetings and they knew, they knew, they heard it right from these people. One of the men who spoke to them was a medical advisor to the White House. Our MLAs knew and they didn't do anything. And I've spoken to them. And you know what they say? Why they said they didn't do anything? Well, what we see on TV doesn't agree with that. And we don't want to stand alone and look like extremists. I'm sorry, but saving the lives of Alberta is extreme? What the hell is going on with our government? Our MLAs won't do anything. Our Premier only does something when he thinks he's going to get re-elected? If ever there was a reason for Canadians to be marching through the streets and demanding change, it is now. Because those who we elected to do it are not doing it. Archer Pawlowski is still in, in, in jail. Denied bail on a mischief charge. And you know what the real reason he's still in jail for? Or uh, the real reason is? Because he's embarrassing the government. He's embarrassing the police services. As are those protesters in Ottawa. They are embarrassing the government. They are showing Canada that the science never supported what they did to us. They are showing Canada that what the government has done has cost Canadians lives. And livelihoods and family connections, and social interactions. They are embarrassed and they're terrified. And knowing that tells me that this isn't going to get better before it gets worse. We are going to get some bruises. Some of us will probably go back to jail. But I can guarantee you, if men like me and Glenn, if we ever have our voices in those what I call now the, the pathetic, non-influential buildings, i.e. the legislature, if we ever have our voices in there or in Parliament, all of these people who have been persecuted throughout this pardoned, all of these fines gone, public inquiries into the men and women who forced this on us, and accountability. I had to go to jail because I, I, I didn't listen to a judge. I was in contempt of court because I held a protest.
I went to jail for that. What should happen to these folks who pushed this on us and killed people, destroyed our faith in government, destroyed our faith in those that we thought were there to protect us, and damn near destroyed our country? Jail? I would say so. So we may go through a whole bunch of tribulations before that point, but the, the, the silver lining here, and I've tried hard to look at the silver lining throughout this whole thing, the silver lining is there are some lions who are awakening. And judging from the, the, the greeting that I received when I walked up here, there's a lot of people supporting them. And you know what that means? There's two things. Number one, it means that every person in this room and in Alberta, we have work to do. Because this little group here, this is a big group. I mean, the, the building's full. But there's 4.5 million people in Alberta and what, 38 million or something in Canada? We have a lot of people to reach. We need to start meeting people where they're at and sharing this message and, reach, and getting through to them on an emotional basis to change their minds about what's going on, to get them on this page. We have a lot of work to do. This is the biggest political and, and societal campaign in Canadian history because it means either taking back our country and our province and going forward as free and prosperous citizens or continuing down the road we're on. And when in history has a government ever gotten some power and given it up? Yes, so that's the first thing. We all have a lot of work to do. We have to start reaching people on a personal level because this doesn't go out to as many people as you think. A lot of people in Alberta, I meet them and I start talking about some groups I'm involved with and they're like, well, who's that? And my, and my answer is always like, what do you mean? Don't you, don't you follow the Whistle Stop Facebook page? Come on. And the second thing, now this is the really exciting part. If we can build on the momentum of what's happening in Canada right now, the tens of thousands of people that I saw in the streets with handmade signs, throwing hamburgers in the window of the truck, throwing money at truckers and people in cars, um, kids on the side of the road with signs that said, thank you for standing up for my future. If we can build on that momentum and keep this idea of unity rolling, we will win. And we'll get through this with some bumps and bruises. We'll have to probably pardon some people out of jail and we'll move forward as a unified and free Canada, or at the very least, a free Alberta. And I think that probably concludes my sermon for the day. Um, I guess if anybody has any questions, I could take one or two. Although I've taken all of Daniel's time, I think. Sorry, Daniel. Does anybody have any questions?
Hey, what's wrong with being fat? You're absolutely right. We need to get not only more political, and I'm gonna, let me point out two things here. First one, yes, we need to keep pressure on our MLAs, but very few people actually realize who controls the MLAs. It's not necessarily the entire, entire constituency. There's a group of people, uh, they sit on a board, it's called a constituency association board. And oftentimes, on those boards, people who are, are, are there, their job is to tell the MLAs what the constituents want. Because it's very hard for, say, Ron Orr to have 50,000 people come up to him and speak. It's a lot easier for those people to communicate in their communities and then bring a message to Ron, and then Ron brings it to the Premier. Those CA boards are filled with people who have self-serving interests to be there. Because people like me, we don't go and do that. We don't take time out of our days or weeks to go and do something for free, like sit on a CA board. The people that do are those that they tend to benefit financially from influencing policy. Their businesses thrive because they tell their MLAs they want this done, and they do it, and then there's, you know, just whatever, there's zoning and grants and stuff like that. So those boards, those people need to be identified and held accountable. And that comes down to personal relationships. Something that in Canada, over the last 30 years, we have been getting away from. We don't meet people on personal levels anymore. We hide behind our phones and we share cat videos, which is awesome, but it's not effective. So we need to start engaging with those CA board members and making sure that the message they're sending to our MLAs is effective. Thank you. So yes, we definitely need to get involved. And in, oh, the second thing, involvement doesn't always mean politics. Involvement sometimes means doing something like Freedom Convoy 2022 2.0 and getting thousands of people in cars and trucks driving to Ottawa and exercising their lawful right to protest. Follow the Whistle Stop Facebook page for more information on that. Is there anyone else? Oh, go ahead. Let's, let's, uh, okay, so you're talking about the AGM and removing Kenny. Um, I am supportive of removing Kenny. However, in my mind, it, it's irrelevant. At this point for me, Jason Kenny is completely irrelevant to the conversation. And the reason I say that, it's not that I don't support those who are participating in the AGM to remove Premier Kenny. I think that would send a great message. However, I'm very split on it. 
Because in order to do that, we have to hand the, the UCP a lot of money. We have to buy the privilege of having a vote, which is disturbing. Um, I'm not going to encourage anyone either way to either do it or not do it. I'll say this. If it's on your heart and you think it's the right thing to do, to do that and, and try and remove Kenny from his position, go for it and give it all you got. But remember, or maybe you don't know this, Jason Kenny likely didn't become the leader of the UCP because he played by the rules. And if you think he's going to play by the rules again, I don't know. I don't agree. So, if that's on your heart to do that, give her. If it's not, don't. The most important thing that we can do as individuals is spread this message that something needs to change. Invite people to meetings like this where, where people are, are, are giving ideas about how we can move forward. That's the real power. Because Jason Kenney does what the polls tell him is, the po what the polls tell him is going to get reelected. And if the polls told him at this point that uh, fighting Trudeau, getting rid of the mandates, uh, putting in legislation that wouldn't allow this to happen again, if the polls said that would make him win, he will do it. He's just, he blows up the winds of, well, of opinion. So, I think that's all I got. Hopefully, because, is it like nine o'clock now? Okay, thank you very much. And,